0: Good morning, brothers and sisters. This is Brother Joe. I'm so glad you joined me for Wednesday Bible study. And today's a new day, and tomorrow's going to get better because we are going to read the Word of God to know how to please God and do His will. Because that was the mind of Jesus to please God and do His will. And so we all want to have the mind of Jesus to please God and do his will. Before we get into the word, brothers and sisters, I'd like to say a prayer. So please bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I humbly come before your throne. I thank you, Father, for putting the message together today I thank you for drawing the people to the message that you so desire to hear it. I pray that it's your words that speak out of my mouth, not mine. I thank you for filling me with the Holy Spirit. I pray you fill me with double the Holy Spirit or as much Holy Spirit as you so desire to give me. I pray that your will always be done, not mine. And I pray this in the precious name of Yeshua, Jesus, Amen. Brothers and sisters, you may hear me say Yeshua sometimes. It means Jesus in Hebrew. So before we start, I want to read two uh, scriptures to you to set the stage. It, Romans eight sixteen and 17. It reads... The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That is just amazing. It's thrilling to my soul, heart and mind to think that we are heirs, joint heirs with Jesus because we are his adopted children. That's how he looks at us, and that's how we are. And we just praise God Almighty and thank him for that. Amen? Amen. We have so much to look forward to. But, brothers and sisters, to be in God's will, we have to be doing God's will. Amen? Amen. So now, brothers and sisters, I'm going to give you uh, a couple examples of doing God's will. If you brought your Bibles today, turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 22. And I'll lay the stage. God has... Told Abraham to sacrifice his his only son Isaac, with his wife Sarah. And so he obeys him. I mean, he just does it. He he gets his son, a couple of his servants. They go to the mountain where God has instructed him to go. The child even asks, "Father, we got the wood." We got the fire, but where's the lamb to be sacrificed? Abraham says, God will provide. And then Abraham ends up binding him, putting him on the wood, on the altar, prepared to sacrifice him. And we'll start reading verse 10. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. You see, brothers and sisters, it's very important that we fear God. If you fear God, you will give him the utmost respect. Do you understand? We have to know who God is. And so God shows the Israelites who he is. If you turn with me to Exodus chapter 20, God tells Moses to bring the people to the holy mountain where God meets Moses. And God gives them the Ten Commandments, gives the people the Ten Commandments. And so we're picking up at verse 18. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings and the lightning flashes the sounds of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. And then they said to Moses, You speak with us and we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. See brothers and sisters, it's important to fear God so that you don't sin. You don't want the hand of God against you. You don't want to be chastened, yet he does chasten the ones he loves. And it's to bring us back to the full, to to bring us back from falling into sin. But you have to know the power of God. You have to know to not turn your back on him. So let's move on to Jonah, the last description or illustration that I will show you of doing God's will now if you don't know the story God has told Jonah that he wants him to give a message to a great city called Nineveh and this great city is is great in sin But Jonah is fearful And he runs from God. He doesn't want to do the will of God. So Jonah runs to Jaffa. He gets on a boat. There's this huge storm that God creates. And ultimately Jonah is thrown into the sea. And a big fish swallows him that God has created for that moment. So he could survive in this belly of this fish for three days and three nights. And so Jonah comes to his senses. Yes, he fears God now. He knows God sees everything, knows everything, and knows where he is, and he has chastened him. Thank God, because if he had taken vengeance on him, he'd been taken off the planet, right? But no, God loved Jonah, and so he chastened him. So now we'll read verse one of chapter two. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly, and he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. Reading four or five. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I have looked again toward your holy temple. The waters surrounded me even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. Verse nine and 10. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is to the Lord. And so the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now here we notice that Jonah tells the lord that he will sacrifice to you the voice of thanksgiving that means he's going to praise the lord's name he's going to witness to other people what happened to him yes when you're chastened, that's a testimony for other people to say whoa And, and and yet god brought him out of it let's say He gave you cancer to wake you up. And then you said a vow like he did here. He says, I will do the vow that I have told you. Meaning, I will do your will, God. I'm not gonna do my will anymore. And then he also shares the thanksgiving with others so they can learn too. So they don't get cancer and if they do, They will know that they can get back in the grace of God, if God allows it. Because when you turn your back on God, he turns his back on you. And things happen like this happened to Jonah. And then Jonah repents genuinely in his heart, mind and soul, he prays to the Lord. He tells him, I will change. And God knew that he would change. God knew that he would go to Nineveh and obey him. And so he spit him out and he made him well instead of kill him. Do you understand? Turn with me to the book of James. Chapter one, verse 12 reads, blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Okay? So temptation is another name for trial. And Jonah was in a great trial. Amen? Amen. But he he weathered the storm. He prayed earnestly to the Lord. He didn't ask, why me, God? He knew why, because he ran from God instead of running to God. Brothers and sisters, when we are in a trial, we always want to run to God and not from God. People do one or the other. And if you run from God, you're gonna end up in hell, plain and simple. We all need God. Amen? Amen. So run to him. Run to him. And it says that we will receive that crown of life that all of us will have that run that race, as Paul says, to win. Striving for sanctification, pleasing God and doing his will. People want to please God, but they don't want to do his will. Well, you can't please God unless you're doing his will. This is his will. In John 14, 15, it reads, If you love me, keep my commandments. That's God's will. Let's look at another scripture. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 15, verse three. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. God sees everything. He knows everything. You cannot hide from him. First Thessalonians chapter four, Reading 3 through 8. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each one should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this manner because the Lord is the avenger of all such. And let me pause there, okay? He's first telling you not to commit adultery, not to be a homosexual, not to be a lesbian, not to commit fornication. Danny's telling you not to defraud your brother in this. That means do not commit adultery with your friend's wife because God's the avenger of such. If you are offending a Christian, you're committing adultery with a Christian's wife. God's gonna take vengeance on you. And he's gonna be a chastening. He's gonna take vengeance on you. There's a difference brothers and sisters. Chastening is, it's a physical affliction to bring you back to him. A vengeance is a strike. It's a blow. It's something that can take you off this planet. That's where you don't want God to be angry at you to where that happens. Do you understand? There's a difference. The chastening comes from love for you to bring you back to him. The vengeance is an anger towards you for something that you have done or continually have done and he has been long suffering to the point where to no return. Do you understand? We'll finish reading. As we also forewarned you and testified, for God did not call us to uncleanliness, but to holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God. So if you're rejecting the words that I'm speaking right now, you're not rejecting me, you're rejecting God. Don't do that, brothers and sisters. Remember, we need to fear God and give him the utmost respect turn to first peter chapter 3 verse 12 for the eyes of the lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers but the face of the lord is against those who do evil okay We all want our prayers answered in the affirmative. And his eyes and ears are open to the righteous. Those are the ones who obey him. As the scripture says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So brothers and sisters, work towards sanctification, purification, obeying him every day. And that doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. He knows you're going to make a mistake. Okay, only Jesus walked the earth perfect. But a born again Christian running that race to win is going to sin rarely. And when he does, or she does, he asks for forgiveness and praise God, praise Yeshua, your sin is forgiven. Amen? Amen. A couple more. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Okay? So you have the Holy Spirit in you. And your body is the temple of the Lord. The way you defile that temple is committing adultery, right? That's a sin against your body, the temple of God. There's a scripture, that says, will you go with a harlot? When you have the Lord inside of you, think about that. Mm, No, don't do it brothers and sisters. Because he's telling you, if you defile the body that has the Holy Spirit in you, he will destroy it. That's take you off the planet, that's kill you, okay? People think that they can't lose their salvation, that once they're written in the book of life, it's there forever. But he tells us, in Exodus, Moses comes down from the mountain, from the Ten Commandments, and he's been up there for 40 days. They're saying, where is this Moses? And they have Aaron, his brother, make a calf of gold. And they start to worship it. And they start to defile their bodies and they're dancing naked with each other. Homosexuals, lesbians. Moses comes down. God is... Furious, tells Moses, get down there. He goes down, he sees. but The loving heart of Moses goes to God and prays for their souls. Says, blot my name out of your book. God says, no. I will blot out the names of the ones who sinned against me. And then in Revelation, it tells us about the future. And he says, for those who overcome, meaning overcome sin, I will not blot them out of my book of life. Do you understand? So yeah, he can block you out of the book of life. So continue walking with Jesus, emulating Jesus, pleasing God, and doing his will. One more. This is found in the book of Psalms, chapter 91, verse 9 through 11. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall on you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. So, brothers and sisters, if you continue walking with our Lord and Savior, you have angels surrounding you, taking care of you, protecting you for the plagues that are here and to come, the famine, the wars. God will protect you. And when he brings up the church, which he's going to in this generation, be ready, be part of that virgin church. And we will go up to be with our Lord forever and ever. Amen, amen. So remember, God's will is always done. Amen, amen.